This is the Beats Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're recapping how the basketball teams did over the winter break. We also take a look at the life of assistant coaches at Bates, and we preview the Alpine skiing season. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. We've been on hiatus for a couple of weeks due to the winter break here on the Bobcast, so let's catch you up on what's happened recently. The men's basketball program went 3-2 over the break and is riding a three-game winning streak, including a win over 24th-ranked Babson on New Year's Eve. This past weekend, the men's team was victorious in the Naismith Classic on the campus of Springfield College as they won in dramatic fashion on Saturday over Brandeis, Point guard Sean Strickland hit the game-winning three with 10 seconds left on Saturday, and the Bobcats blew out Husson on Sunday. Strickland earned tournament MVP honors, and senior captain Mike Boronazian was named Maine Co-Player of the Week on Monday by the Maine men's basketball coaches. We caught up with the captain. All right, Mike, well, first of all, obviously, um, on a three-game winning streak right now, including a win in the Naismith Classic most recently over the past weekend, I saw you guys were touring it a little bit, the birthplace of basketball. What was that like for you guys? It was a great experience. I mean, just to be able to go down to such a historic place and get to see, uh, you know, the roots of the game and actually get the wins and win the actual tournament while we're down there, it was just couldn't ask for a better weekend. And the game on Saturday was pretty dramatic, right? Tell us how that ended up um, ending for you guys with the victory there last second. Uh, it was great. I mean, Sean, who's just proven to be a great point guard, I think he's one of the best point guards in the NESCAC, honestly. And um, he just pulled up, made a huge clutch shot at the buzzer, knocked down a three that we needed, and uh, gave us a win over a great Brandeis team. Now, you had a good week for yourself, getting named the main State Player of the Week there for your performance. Uh, what's been working for you recently on the court? Uh, just being aggressive. You know, I think we're starting to gel just at the right time, and uh, my teammates have done a great job of, you know, knocking down the shots. And I've been getting a lot of assists lately just because these guys have been, everyone's just been playing well. These guys are all stepping into it confidently, and uh, whenever you've got good guys around you, then it just helps you to raise your game to a new level. Going back a little bit, New Year's Eve, you know, you're coming off a couple tough losses against a ranked team. Um, what was the key to getting that victory for you guys specifically? Well, you know, we knew Babson was a strong uh, strong program. They always are every year. And um, we just knew that if we, we were so close, and even the games that we lost, we had only been losing by a few points. It's not like we were out here losing bad. So we just said, all right, let's just stick to our principles, just stay solid defensively and run our offense through. And we knew that when we do that, we're, we have the talent to beat anybody. And the first win in the Nation's Classic, I believe, yeah, that was the 100th victory for Coach Furbush in his career. And did he... Did you guys know that coming in, they would get number 100 with that win there? No, we didn't know that, and he didn't know that either, actually. Uh, it was one of our assistant coaches, uh, Coach Laprell, who came in with the game ball, and everyone said, oh, Coach, you can't really steal those. Uh, and then uh, he talked about how Coach had got his 100th win, and obviously it was just a great, it was an honor to be a part of it, and uh, no one deserves it more than him. All right, now looking forward, you got the um, big matchups with Colby and Bowden coming up this, this weekend at home. Uh, you've already faced Colby once this year. What did you guys learn from that game? Uh, they're a great ball club, and they are every year. And, you know, anytime you play Bowden and Colby, the games are always going to be close. It's just such a um, rivalry with so much passion behind it. Um, everyone brings their A game for those types of games. So, I mean, I think from seeing them the first time, they don't have anything that we can't handle, and I'm sure that they feel the same way. So it's going to be a great game. We just got to come play the way we have this past week, and uh, hopefully we come out with two victories. Is there a 
sense of relief that you're finally into the NESCAC schedule now? Yeah, there is. I mean, we have a lot of games um, that are out of conference leading up to this. And now that we're starting off conference play, and like I said, we're starting to gel at the right time, we're real excited to open it up. All right, Mike, thanks for the update on the men's basketball program. Looking forward to a great NESCAC schedule here. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Bobcats of the Week return next week. This week on the Bates Bobcast, we are profiling two of our assistant coaches to give you insight into the life of an assistant coach at Bates. Sam Horning is the lead assistant coach for the men's basketball team. He is in his second year at Bates after playing four years at Nichols College, where he made 100 three-pointers in his career. You didn't go to school for college in Maine. You went to high school here. Uh, but you, then you came back right after graduation. So what drew you back to Maine and specifically Bates College to become an assistant coach here? Um, you know, I obviously growing up in Maine, uh, I love the area. I'm a New England guy. Um, so being able to come back to Maine is just a great opportunity for me. Um, in terms of ending up at Bates, uh, it was kind of an interesting story. I worked a uh, camp uh, with Coach Furbush. Um, he has a little youth camp. I asked him to work it. He said, sure. Uh, we met, we talked a little bit, stayed in touch, and his assistant left. And I was, you know, right place, right time. But it was just great. And so what did you know about the program coming in this is your second year here? Yeah, I mean, last year, obviously, as you just said, this is my second year. Um, the year before I got here last year, they were 1-9 in conference. Um, they really struggled. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, honestly. Uh, but... You know, I, I showed up, you know, got to meet all the guys. All the guys were great. Uh, they were very hungry last year. They're really hungry this year. So I've been really fortunate to be around two great two great teams so far. And so as the lead assistant coach for Coach Furbush, what are some of your main responsibilities? You know, one of, one of the big things, especially in the offseason, is the recruiting aspect. Um, I'm on the road a lot every weekend. seems like there's an AAU tournament or high school or whatever it is. I got to go on the road, go watch – uh, kids, recruit them, uh, see who's going to fit our program, the, you know, the best. Um, in terms of in-season, uh, a lot of scouting, a lot of uh, video, uploading video, video cut-ups for our players, video uh, film sessions that we have usually before a game. Um, you know, it, it's just making sure all the guys know what, what, what we're trying to do as a team going into whatever week that we're going into. When you're out recruiting – what are you specifically looking for in a player that w would make them a good fit for this program? You know, number one thing, uh, they, they just got to be able to fit with the, with the kids we already have. Um, you know, if we don't think they're going to be, if they're going to be a distraction, we, we don't want you, we don't care if you've got Division One talent, obviously. You want to bring that in if you can get it, but at the same time, if he's not going to fit the locker room, then you can't really bring that in. You know, that's number one. Number two, obviously, since we're an academic school, you got to have the grades. Um, if you don't have, you know, the grades to get in, we're not going to waste our time. We don't want to waste their time or our time. Uh, so that's kind of number two. Um, you know, number three, obviously, to fit outside of being a good teammate and being a good, you know, good player, are you a good fit for our program and what we're trying to do for the future? So, you know, you kind of have all that going on in your head as you kind of watch these uh, – players play in their games on the weekends and when you identify a player on the road that you think would be a great fit for the Bates program when you talk to them uh, what do you emphasize about Bates that would make it you know such to convince them basically they want to at least take a visit perhaps yeah um, you know number one thing 
it's really beneficial that we play in the NESCAC. It's one of the best academic conferences in the entire country. So that really, really helps us. Um, you know, that's number one. Number two, you know, it's tough because not a lot of players that we talk to at first know where Maine is on a map. And uh, they're, they're kind of Maine. I don't want to go out to Maine. So you just getting them, like you said, kind of getting onto campus. If we can get them up, usually they have a great time. They enjoy themselves. And, you know, that's the number one thing after we watch them play. If we like somebody, getting them up to campus. Well, they don't know where Maine is on a map. Maybe they're not a great fit academically. But <laughs> <laughs> No, absolutely. But uh, it, it's, it's really funny. You know, there's some kids that just, they say, we say Lewis to Maine. They're like, I, I don't know where Lewis to Maine is. I don't, you know, if I ran into a kid actually, I uh, was working a camp. He was from Florida. And he's, you know, the only town, the only city he knew was Portland. That's what I mean. Portland, Maine. That's all that the kids know. So it's, it's, it's kind of funny sometimes with the interactions with that. So we're heading to the NESCAC season coming up here. We got the big Colby and Bolden, Bolden games coming up for you guys. Um, based on what you guys have seen so far from the team this year during the non-conference, what are going to be some keys for you guys to turn it into a very successful conference season? Yeah, you know, you want to be playing your best basketball going into the NESCAC. And the guys, we've had a couple slip-ups early. Um, you know, had a tough loss at Colby. You know, that was a killer. Um, had a tough loss at home against Southern Vermont and WPI, but the guys have really responded. We won three straight. Um, the, the best thing I think is that we've already played Colby, so we kind of know what they're gonna they're gonna bring to the table. Um, Bowden's gonna be an interesting matchup. You know, we'll gotta watch some film and get a good scouting report for them. But I think if we just play our game and play together, we've been a, done a great job moving the basketball on offense and talking on defense and being active. Uh, if we keep that up, I think we're going to be in a great spot, and you know, hopefully, we, we get these first two. What's life like, kind of, as an assistant coach? Like, give the fans an idea of what maybe your routine is. Is a lot of long hours, I assume. No, absolutely. Um, you know, it's a little different from the off season to in season. So, um, in season, you know, you wake up. You know, sometimes it depends on the day, but sometimes you wake up earlier than others. Uh, you get to the office, 8.30, a.m., you know, kind of first things of this week, we got Bowden Colby. So right now I'm just kind of on my computer. I already got kind of Colby and Bowden up, watching film for that couple of days, trying to just work on the scouting report. I'll talk, you know, we'll talk to John um, about what we're trying to do for that. You know, it's just a lot of video scouting report. Just that's mostly uh, what we do during the week, during the season. We also have players come in for individual workouts. Um, and we'll work the players out. Um, so it, it's usually an easier, I would say a little easier schedule where it's kind of more of a nine to five or six um, day, although you're never really out of the office because even when you go home, I'm always on my computer doing something relating to, co relating to what we're trying to do. In the off season, it's completely different. I'm on the road, as I mentioned, doing a lot of recruiting. So some weekends I leave the house at 6 a.m. I'm not getting back till 11.30 p.m. You know, it's a lawn. Long days, a grind, but you know what? That's that's what I love about it. I love the recruiting aspect because you're on the road. You get to meet a bunch of other coaches. You know, make connections. Um, so the off season can be a grind. It's all a grind in general, but you know, it just you just gotta enjoy the ride. Coming out of school, did you know you wanted to be a coach? Um, yeah, actually, going into my freshman year of college, I wanted to be a coach, and then I kind of bounced around a little bit my senior year. Um, I just I didn't want to sit in an office nine to five and doing accounting or sports marketing or whatever. So I just I, – I had to get into coaching one way or another. All right, great. Well, good luck the rest of the season, and thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.
Rebecca Pope is the assistant coach for the women's basketball team. She was a junior college All-American and a member of one of the most legendary programs in the history of basketball. Talking about what it means to be an assistant coach here at Bates. And Rebecca, first of all, before you talk about your uh, job as assistant here, you had a unique experience back in 2012 and 2013. You got to spend a year on the roster for the UConn Huskies, who ended up winning the national title that year. Didn't play in a game, but you were able to watch the home games, watch Gio Oriema up close. What did you learn from that experience? Um, I learned a lot about mental toughness and just really what it means to be a college player and to play at that level. Um, you know, there was really no excuses, and it was just – it was unbelievable to watch, just the fast pace, and I, I really, like, I can't – to begin to tell you how much I learned. And then in terms of, you know, you're now into coaching, anything you're taking away from uh, from uh, Gino there? Yeah, again, with the no excuses. <laughs> and, the, um, yeah, the theme, the mental toughness. Um, and just, you know, watching, I didn't really have a full comprehension of, like, executing plays in basketball until I was sidelined and was able to watch. And then I really, my knowledge just ten times <laughs> increased. So this is your first job now out of college. You applied for it over the summer. You got it. Um, what was the interview process like and to land this job? Uh, it, was, it wasn't It was too intense. I know Allison was really in a, t like, she was moving from Annapolis and having a baby. And I think it was just really lucky that I happened to come in while she, like, moved to Maine while she was looking. And we just connected, and I drove up here, uh, interviewed with her. And we just, we hit it off, and we had similar uh, views and styles and uh, so I think it's working out. Looking back, what was your first day on the job like? <laughs> first day of practice, it's tough. Uh, you don't really know what to say and you're kind of, you know, you've been in these, I was in the player's shoes, you know, for a long time and it's definitely, you know, what do I say here? You, you think something and you can't say it fast enough and, but I think about two weeks in really, you started to feel like a coach and not a player anymore. And then what are your primary responsibilities as an assistant coach here? Uh, Basically, I do, um, I'm responsible for film. I uh, collect scouting film, and I'll put it up on our uh, website to break it down, and um, I get all our games, put them on, <laughs> and then uh, meals, I, have, I plan our meals for our away trips. <laughs> Just like really medial tax tasks, but also um, assisting Allison and coaching. And so in terms of interacting with the players, what are some of the things you've been working with them on? Um, I really enjoy doing one-on-one -on -one workouts with them. Uh, I think I can, I get about like more time to talk to them and, um, you know, adjust little things. And uh, what are some of the challenges learning how to recruit? I mean, you know, you never had to recruit when you were a player, obviously. No, uh, there's definitely challenges. You go to a showcase and you see a couple of kids, you get really excited and you reach out and you find out they're going Division One. <laughs> so I definitely had to adjust my eye to pick out the Division Three kid. Um, that was the biggest challenge. How much fun are you having right now in this first job here? Oh, I'm having a great time. Um, joke kind of with other people in their 9 to 5 office jobs that I come in in the morning, do work. I'll play noontime hoops <laughs> with, like, the men's assistant and some other guys. And then, you know, you get to eat in the dining halls. <laughs> it's kind of like just a little extension of college, but now, still working. Yeah, and now you're from New England, but how much time had you spent in Maine before getting this job? Um, I moved to Maine in April, and that, that was honestly the second time I'd been to Maine, <laughs> so not too much, actually. Have you talked to, like, other assistant coaches on campus, whether it be men's basketball or other sports, about, you know, any advice they have or anything like that? Yeah, actually the men's coach, uh, Sam Horning, has been, you know, 
so helpful. Every, every day I come to him with a question that I feel a little stupid asking, but he's just he's been great and he's actually given me so much advice. Yeah, I talked to Sam earlier, and he's got similar responsibilities with video and recruiting yeah. and whatnot, right? Yeah, he is pretty much. We're doing the same thing, so it's great that he's been here and around the block, and he helps me so much. Now, during the actual game, um, obviously Allison's the one, you know, standing up and talking to the players and the, and the refs and whatnot. What are you doing during the game? Um, I keep I keep stats that we don't necessarily get on a box score, so I'm responsible for that. Fouls, timeout, uh, keep our number of timeouts, make sure we're not <laughs> getting a technical. Um, and then occasionally I say things to players that they come off and Allison's in the moment and doesn't get a chance to, but a lot of stat keeping. <laughs> How do you enjoy the lifestyle of an assistant coach? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of long hours and traveling and whatnot. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a lot, especially come November 1st when it's a real shift of only being here, you know, a couple days a week and then doing some other things at home to being here six, seven days a week, long hours. But it's um it's been tough but at the same time you know you only do it for four months out of the year so just wake up in the morning no excuses <laughs> exactly right NESPAC season coming up uh what are some points of emphasis right now in practice um just get better every day and just compete every day you know we sometimes we come in and we're a little slow but lately it's been you know we're just we're competing hard and i think that our record doesn't necessarily show how like say much about how good we are so I'm excited to see them play in the NESCAC. All right, Rebecca, thanks so much. Thank you. Some more winter sports are getting started in January. This week, we take a look at the Alpine Skiing Program. They get their start at 9 a.m. on Friday, January 15, in the Bates Carnival at Sunday River. This two-day event will feature colleges from all over the Northeast, and we caught up with head coach Rogan Canal to preview the season. Joined here on the Bates Bobcast by Rogan Canal, the head coach of both the men's and women's alpine skiing programs here at Bates. And they've got their uh, Bates Carnival coming up, not this week, but the following weekend. So the skiing season right around the corner. But Rogan, there hasn't been a whole lot of snow. How could that possibly impact the first uh, event here coming up? Uh, actually, we've been pretty lucky that we have Sunday River. So um, we've had really good training since right after Thanksgiving. We also had a good training camp in Colorado the week of Thanksgiving. Um, so we're one of the lucky programs to actually have quality training, you know, pretty much since the middle of November here. So for us, uh, might actually be a little bit of an advantage. And the men's team, obviously very young this year, a lot of first year. So what have you noticed so far in practice from some of the youngsters? Well, not only, uh, some of our early training, but we've had a lot of early fist races, which are the international races. Um, you know, we've had probably eight or nine starts for most of the guys at this point. And uh, it's a strong freshman group for sure. Um, you know, definitely our best skier is our senior, Chris Bradbury, but uh, our freshmen are all skiing right there with him, not only in training, but in races. I'm actually expecting a lot from this younger group. Um, they've had a lot of success coming into school uh, prior to this, you know, at all levels. Uh, Michael Cooper was named to the national training group for this winter, so he was doing a lot of camps with them over the summer. Um, you know, and most of the most of these guys have had a lot of skiing in their preparation period, whether in South America or New Zealand, um, you know, over the past summer. And so we've had a pretty good amount on snow time. How much of a measuring stick for both teams is the Bates Carnival in terms of, you know, the competition you're up against? Uh, I mean, it's all the carnivals basically have the same field. But, uh, you know, it definitely it's the first time that it's the first race that we'll be at where all of the schools are together 
So that's, you know, it's a pretty good indicator of where we're at at that point, at this point in the season. Um, you know, and then the carnival season moves along pretty quickly. It's really six weekends over a course of seven weeks. So, um, you know, we're just trying to do as much as we can right now to be as prepared as possible for the first week and take advantage of being on our home hill. Now let's talk about the women's team. Oh, no seniors on the women's team, but you have a junior who went to NCAAs last year, right? Yeah, Kelsey definitely uh, has consistently been our strongest skier. Um, she qualified for NCAAs last year after missing most of her freshman year um, with mono, so that was huge for her. Um, she's continued to ski really well early season, uh, has had some podiums in some of the early season fist races, which has been great. And, uh, you know, the rest of our group, the other th- the three sophomores and uh, one of our freshman women uh, has been pretty close close behind her. Um, you know, unfortunately, we have with the weather we've had this year, we haven't had a lot of uh, we haven't really had any giant slalom starts. It's basically mostly been uh, slalom races at this point. So we're actually heading up to Quebec this weekend for a four day series, and uh, we'll see where we're at with our GS skiing. But we should be pretty well along at this point, given that we've had better training than anybody else at this point in the season. You gotta go all the way up to Canada then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the nature of skiing. We do race all over the place, so we do travel quite a bit. And, um, you know, just part of the part of it has to do with the way the FIST races are scheduled regionally and everything, and the women are actually racing in Quebec quite a bit this year. Now, just like a couple of other winter sports coaches, you coach both the men's and the women's team. So what are the similarities? What are the differences? Is, is it basically the same? Uh, it's basically the same. You know, I mean, for the last couple of years, our women's team has definitely been stronger. So, you know, a little bit of difference there. But um, I think, you know, with the addition of a bunch of our freshman men, it's it's pretty similar. You know, they all have tend to have common goals, you know, of trying to get the NCAAs and also, you know, skiing at other high-level races like U.S. National Championships and going to NORAMs, and, you know, some of them definitely have goals of making the U.S. ski team at some point. So, now, I'm sure we'll have a lot of di- diehard Alpine skiing fans listening to the podcast, but for those who are not diehard Alpine skiing fans who are learning about the sport right now, explain the two events that you guys do and the similarities and differences. Uh, at the college level, we're competing in slalom and giant slalom or GS, uh, slalom, short turns, uh, generally gates about 10 meters apart, uh, you know, definitely shorter, shorter vertical drop for the hill, uh, giant slalom, definitely bigger turns, uh, usually about 25 to 28 meters distance between gates. So, um, beyond that, other than being on snow, not a lot of similarities between the two events. Okay. It's definitely, you know, we, most people, you know, are usually pretty even in how they ski both events you know at the quality but you definitely at times have people that are slalom specialists and or gs specialists which isn't always helpful in college races since the scoring for team scoring is both or is both gs and slalom but uh ideally you have people that are strong in both but um you know technically there's not a lot of similarities between the two at this point how much interaction is there between the alpine skiing teams and the nordic skiing teams i know they're they're different events but they're both on the snow um probably a lot of the interaction happens in the fall you know we try they do try to get together to when they're doing their fall workouts to try to sometimes usually friday's game day when they're working out and so they'll play speedball which is a soccer type game um you know and obviously being on a smaller campus too they all know each other and uh then really 
the carnivals are probably the first time that we're even a lot of times even together in the same place and depending on snow years they might not be in the same place just because of you know available snow for the nordic sites um so it really can vary a lot you know it's two very different sports that really only related by the fact that they have skis on their feet but um you know it's that's always been the tradition that you know it's alpine and nordic together and probably the greatest interaction between the two really happens at the ncaa championships because it's the only time during the year where we our collegiate events aren't on the same days so they actually get an opportunity to go watch the other discipline race which is nice yeah now as the coach when you're out there practicing are you on skis too how do you do that uh when i'm on the hill uh yeah i'm on skis but basically you know in the morning it's we're getting on the hill and getting the course set and then we're in a, one of probably a couple spots on the hill where we can see most of the course and then we're in communication with them by radio and we're on the hill videoing and just doing course maintenance making sure that we've got a good training environment and that it's a you know the surface is good and gates are staying in and just making it the most productive session that we can last question for you what are you most excited about for the upcoming season for both the men and the women um really excited about it. i mean i think our our freshman group of men and this is definitely one of the strongest group of men we've had in probably seven or eight years um you know they are still young and it does take a little bit of an adjustment for them to really be competitive at this level but i based on what i've seen so far i think there's a few of them that are going to make that jump pretty quickly um and it'll be nice to have that depth on our men's team um you know we've kind of last couple of years been relying on one or two really strong skiers on the men's side whereas we've had five or six really strong women for the past probably eight to ten years and um you know it'll be nice to really be competitive on both sides and hopefully you know we we've got people that can qualify for ncas so hopefully we you know it'd be nice to get at least two men and two women and you know there's definitely a chance to get a full team if things go right all right rogan thanks so much for your time thank you very much Next week on the Bates Bobcast, we will recap a very busy squash weekend. They play a total of six matches, all of them at the Bates Squash Center. It's rivalry weekend for the men's and women's basketball programs as they take on Colby on Friday and Bowden on Saturday to start the NESCAC season. The men are at home and play at 7 o'clock on Friday and 3 o'clock on Saturday while the women are on the road. The swimming and diving program has a dual meet with Middlebury on Sunday at 11 a.m. Needless to say, the new year is off to a busy start, and we'll discuss it all next time on The Bates Bobcast.